0: Somebody somebody, somebody,
1: somebody to make a way, make a way for you. I love that I figured our podcast would be about developing your unique style and look. And we're and just we're just like money. get your business right though. For real, like
0: what's the point of having a style if you don't even know how to like handle your business? You know, because your stock can be great and you can be poor by mishandling your business but if you have great style have great understanding of how business works yeah you'll be you'll be way ahead i'm just trying to be somebody
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Trying To Be Somebody video podcast, where I interview mostly BIPOC artists about their creative careers. I'm Halise, endeavoring to persevere, as always. So in the first episode, I talked to Temi all about finding your unique style, your unique voice as an artist, which is a really great conversation to have. But towards the end of it, we actually started answering some of the questions that have been submitted to me via my Instagram and from my Patreon. And... Bruh, it was such a fulfilling conversation that I felt like this needs to just be its own episode, it needs to just be its own thing. We talked all about the struggles of freelance and navigating freelance work, and I think this is something that is really hard for artists. So hopefully this conversation will help you. Let's get into it.
0: I think freelance life has been so like glamorized on oh, Instagram. Yeah, it's not that great, y'all. It, I mean, look, it's it is, it but it, it has is, this. It, yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, you know, and I think, I, and I was telling someone this, like, if you're not careful, if you leave your job, right, where you didn't you didn't like it because you felt like you were a slave, if you're not careful, you could just you could end up freelancing and still be a slave yeah. to your clients. Yeah. So now. You're really in the same position as you were before. You just have a different boss. Yeah. Right? And so I'm just praying that you know some that we're careful about that because we could be thinking that oh the freelance career is booming or whatever, but you could still be a slave to your clients, you know? And another thing is that people some people talk about oh I went freelance But they don't talk about how like their parents just gave them five hundred k. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and they're like, oh, I do this full time. Like, how? Yeah, how? Yeah. How how do how did you just leave your job and you just moved into a five hundred thousand dollar house? You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I just I just hope that people will be more honest.
1: I always tell people, like, and I try to be as transparent about this as possible. Like, it should be pretty obvious to you looking at me how I make a living. Like, right. it should be. It should be. Right. Any artist you're looking at or any artist you're following um, on their socials or anything like that, it should be pretty straightforward to see how they make a living from their art. Right. If it is not, they're probably not making a living, living from, from their, their art.
0: art. Right. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I'm just... I don't know, because it it, it leads people astray, right? Because people are like, oh, I can just leave my job and start this. It's like, no, either this person got an advance from their parents or their parents are paying their bills.
1: And in the film industry, that happens a lot. I know for me, when I was in film school, that actually really was really disheartening because I didn't actually realize that going into it. Hmm. I was finishing up film school and I had done an, I first realized it. I did a semester in LA. This was actually like when I was engaged already and stuff. But I did a semester in LA as part of my undergrad where you intern and the idea is like by the end of it, you find a job, you can come back to Texas, graduate, and then be in LA and like make the transition. And the whole time I was there, a lot of my colleagues or like my peers who were in my classes and stuff, they'd be like, oh, we're gonna go do this here in LA, we're gonna do that. And I was like, I don't have, and it was like, I would have to tell them over and over, I don't have money. Right, right. Like getting here, I had to make sure I finished college a semester early so i could afford to come out here and so it's just like even though i graduated early it still cost four years right you know so it was like my parents are helping me out out here but like i can't i have no going to concerts money i have no like exactly and it's and it wasn't until then that i realized like oh (laughs) i am out of my league with y'all yeah y'all have resources that I, I don't have, right. cannot fathom. Yeah, um, And that was what prompted me to come back to Texas, because it was just like, oh, man, I'm not, I'm going to be drowning out here, mm-hmm. man. Like, I won't be, if everyone, which a lot of people out there, no shade, like, take the resources you can get. Right. But like, if everyone out there is having that caliber of resource, I need to come back to Texas where I know I've actually made some connections and I can, like, get a job you know exactly <laughs> with the skill set that i have now exactly and one thing i will say on top of that too i'm glad i came back mm-hmm. because the agency jobs i did get they taught me how to produce very fast on a budget i like became such a better editor like a faster editor working with them That's good. like all of these things that i know i probably wouldn't have gotten if i did the immediate pie in the sky right you know Move out to LA right after I graduate. Mm-hmm. Thing, mm-hmm. so don't be afraid. Also, I think to be like not a big fish in a small pond, but right. like I guess to humble yourself a little bit in the beginning. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's important to like humble yourself because I think people just like like you know what I know I'm I, I know I'm, I'm I'm better and deserve more. That's good. It's, and it's, that. probably and, it's, yeah, and it's probably true. Yeah, you probably are better. Yeah. You know? But just be smart. You know, and also, like, if you decide to leave your job and start freelancing and doesn't do well, like, don't be embarrassed to go back to work. Yeah. You know, because yes. people will be like, oh, well, now nah, I feel fake. No, you need to
1: live. You tried something. It, it didn't work. You learned something from it, probably. Yep.
0: Now you, you got it. Look, you got to eat. You yeah. got to have a roof over your head. You got to eat. We <laughs> So during, during my residency, I, I, I saved up. We lived off of uh, my income. And my wives, we saved, and we used it to pay down loans and things like that. But I was very strategic because I was like, okay, well, my thing ends in a year. I want to give myself at least four or five months to just work for myself. So that whole year, I was looking at how much my wife and I were spending, so I knew exactly how much I needed to bring in. And so I knew exactly how much I needed to save so that my wife's salary plus what I bring in will equal what we could live off of. Yeah. So I saved up for like five months and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And I did. I had two job offers. I said no to both of them. You know? And I was scared. I was looking. I remember looking at the wall after I told the guy, I'm sorry, I can't take this offer. I was like, uh, God, uh, what's next? I'm scared. Like, what if nothing comes in the next five months? Yeah. So I remember I like, I got into this thing called Creative Circle, trying to find me different jobs. Because I was scared. I was like, Yeah, nothing's coming in. And then I remember Apple Gave me a call and they're like hey wanna work with you on something I was like okay yeah and that was like a month like two right and then after the gig was over another thing came in and then another thing and then now that five month thing has now spread to like seven exactly eight months yes I'm like oh okay so I can let's see if we can do this for a year so I remember it was like November December came and a lot of work was coming for like Christmas stuff and I was like okay and one thing I'll tell people who are freelancing is, like, know how much you're spending every month. Know how much you need to survive. And once you do, now you know how much you need to make every month to take care of yourself. Yeah. And those big gigs that you end up getting save that money. Yes. Because I think it's 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 better for a freelancer if you know how many months you have left if no work comes in. You know, and that's how I operate, like, my wife and I were a month ahead on our bills. So like the money that we brought in this month is for next month. Yeah. You know? Um, because what you don't want to do is as a freelancer live on like paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Which no. is hard because there's net sixty, net ninety, net mm-hmm, thirty. Mm-hmm, you won't mm-hmm, always get paid. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Right? And
1: and you're gonna you have to have hard phone calls and hard emails. And you, got, emails yeah, and you, and you, you have, have to like people. fetch them yes. and find them. <laughs>
0: You know, so you always want to have, like, that buffer for yourself because it's important.
1: I always tell people, like, at some point, you'll probably have to take a calculated risk. Yep. But that's, but, like, emphasis on calculated Calculated. and not Not as much emphasis on risk. Right. So, like, when I left my full-time agency job to start freelancing, the thing that made it possible was I had already, first off, I had already been thinking about doing it for, like, two years prior Mm -hmm. so that's I'm already thinking in that headspace Yeah, and then I got two things at once Mm. I got YouTube Creators for Change which was like a big push YouTube was doing to combat hate speech and xenophobia and then Adobe gave me a grant because they didn't pick me to be an Adobe resident and they gave me a grant and with those two things I was like this amount of money is enough for me to leave my job and be good because I know how much I need to put into my marriage as well like financially mm-hmm. what do I need to bring into the marriage financially to make it work Right. and I was like okay that's enough so if I play my if I keep my budgets right I will be good till December and I left in May
0: wow last year or it was 20, in 2018, 2018. Nice, yeah
1: nice. I left in May and so I was like alright so I've gotten these two things these two grants basically do the work make good projects keep growing the YouTube channel while I'm doing that And then by the time December came along, I got PBS. I got the PBS show. And then that, was I was doing all of that for 2019. Wow. And that was a huge project. Right. But, like, all of that was around calculated risks. Like, you figure out how much you live, save off money. Someone else who's done it, too, is Evelyn from the Internet. She had a job for a long time, saved up a nice amount of money from everything else she was doing on the side. Right. And then took a year off.
0: That's good. To focus. And it's okay to pay your dues. I was a high school teacher for three years. Yeah. You know, and even while I was doing that, I was still like shooting weddings, making posters, all that money I was just saving. Got a financial advisor at 22. And I was like, hey, this is my goal. I want to reach it. How do we go about with it? Yeah. And he was very helpful. And so he was just like, make sure you know how much you're living off of.
1: Don't live raggedy. Yeah. don't be trying to live don't be trying to live a lap of luxury yeah there.
0: don't be, don't be trying to like uh and I'm
1: bougie, I get it, but like
0: get first class yeah flight trip to every everywhere yeah 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 you know? like, and like, I think people just don't calculate they 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 like that risk factor sometimes it works, but it, it, <clears> not all the time for every successful, I feel like
1: you know rags to textiles story mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a million yeah. I tried it, it completely backfired. Exactly. So, yeah, you just don't hear about those stories. We don't glorify those stories. Yeah, we don't glorify those ones. Hey, everyone. I hope y'all are enjoying this episode on freelancing. The struggle is real. So... That being said, if you are watching on YouTube, please like the video and engage down below in the comments that really helps algorithmically with the podcast getting seen more. Likewise, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, please rate the podcast there five stars is preferred but i also take constructive criticism as well finally if you're interested in supporting the podcast check out the patreon patreon.com slash there you'll get early access to these episodes as well as other exclusive and early access content too and with that back to the podcast Something I was gonna ask. This is another question. This is actually from my Patreon. Okay. Um, Simone on Patreon was asking, "What skills outside of design programs have been essential to your career?"
0: Yeah. I love that question. Isn't that such a good question? Yes.
1: Patreon producers know what's up. They ask the hard-hitting things.
0: Yeah. So what? Uh, what is the question again? Can you read? Really yeah. Answer? Yeah.
1: The question was, "What skills outside of design programs?" Like learning them stuff mm-hmm. have been essential to your
0: career. Oof. Um, I got stuff, but you finances, yeah, I was I was about to say bookkeeping, yes, taxes, mm-hmm. understanding tax deductible, understanding how to run a business. Right? Cause I think sometimes we we start feel we see ourselves as freelancers. I'm like, I'm a business. You know what I'm saying? And our business has a, a brand and it has values, and so I need to make sure that I uphold to them. But yeah, I'm running a business, yeah. and so I think, I think being business minded. Yeah. Um. I read the I read the book Rich Dad Poor Poor Dad. So good. You oh, know? Okay. But it was it was more so talking about like making money, but having like different streams of income and all of that. But it was kind of mainly focused on like. Um, the housing market. Was oh, like, okay. Mm. But I took what I could from it. I think for me, the biggest thing has been, and I've always loved numbers, but now it's like, I'm able to be very, very cognizant of how much we spend, what we spend it on um, wisely. And yeah. also putting myself in the circle of other people who are able to help yeah. So, like, I have our CPA, and now we have a owner's 401k, which we'll start putting money in there for retirement. And so I'm like, as as good as the run has been, like, if it continues to be this way, I want to make sure I'm just putting money in retirement. yeah So that if it stops and I end up working somewhere, all that money that I put in there, the compound interest can increase. And so that by the time I'm, like, 50 or 55, like riding a Bugatti you know what I'm saying no but um but yeah the the most important thing has been finances and I'll say communication
1: that was, I was gonna say that was gonna be mine yeah I'll probably say those two are like yeah big. I think yeah I think the big thing for me the thing that has the skills that have that I think are more important than say like I know for you it's Photoshop and, mm-hmm. and Cinema 4D now mm-hmm. um but for me obviously it's like Premiere Pro After Effects stuff like that Beyond those skill sets and knowing them, the thing that's gotten me the most callbacks and like what keeps me going is my communication style and being on top of it and thinking of things before the clients even Mm -hmm. think of it. You know, like um, (laughs) literally on, (laughs) literally uh, earlier today, I was finishing up a video for a client and they realized that they needed the, the video to go live on YouTube. And they were like, crap, we don't have the closed captions done for it. And I was like, that's already stuff I just do. Because nice. I know you're gonna need it. That's and amazing. that's how I just add value, you right. know what I mean? Like something I always tell people with, especially being an artist that's running a business, is that the last thing you want, like people aren't actually gonna really remember the art you made for them, right. from my case, the final video. But they will remember how they felt going through the process with you. Exactly. So if you can make them feel like the process is seamless, even if the video is just okay. Right. You'll always get called back because people don't want to be stressed out. Exactly. They want to work with people that calm them down.
0: And once they find that person, like they're loyal. They
1: will stay (laughs) loyal to you you for so long. And you start upping your budget and they'll be like, okay.
0: Yeah. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. Or maybe they'll leave because you upped your budget and they'll leave and then they'll go work with someone else. Who doesn't communicate well or whatever, right. budget, and was in budget? they come back. They come back to you, <laughs> or they. Even, <laughs> and that's okay. No
0: shade. You right. know what I'm saying? Or like I've, I've had some people, like even right now with the Instagram design thing that I'm doing mm. for their um, Black Visionary.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Grant,
0: yeah. my name came up on the table from something else that I did with Instagram two years ago. Yeah. You know, and they're like, yeah, your name came up, and we love working with you. You're very calm and collected, and I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then we had a we had a Zoom call and I met the team and it was just like hanging with friends. Yeah. You know? And so it's like you just never know what seeds will be planted. I'm gonna use a teaching example. Like my students might not remember everything I taught them, but they remember how I made them feel. Yeah. Right. And so because of that we've been able to like keep in touch. Cause when I see that I'm not like, hey, do you, did you do that work that I asked you to do three years ago? No, it's like Mr. Coca, like thank you so much for making me feel and know that it's possible to have a career in creativity. Yeah, that's why I went to teach. Period. Yeah, it wasn't to like make them the best Photoshop person. It was to let them know that it's possible to have this career and instill that like feeling and knowledge in there to them.
1: Yeah. Be all about your bag. Understand your money. Don't be afraid to, like, take a business class. Yes. That's the only thing I regret, actually, from my undergrad. They had, like, a, what is it called? Like, UT does, like, a business accelerators, or not even that, but, Mm -hmm. like, like a certificate. You take a couple classes. Business foundations, that's what they called it.
0: Wow. And
1: I didn't do it because I was so focused on, like, getting it done, you know, four years, whatever. But I've, I would have, man...
0: There's a book called Profit First. Okay. And that okay. changed my business life. Oh, yeah. Okay. So good. Profit First plus a budgeting software called YNAB. You need a budget?
1: Yes. I've messed around with that one. I've messed around with Yo, YNAB. I use QuickBooks.
0: Yeah, I use QuickBooks too, but okay. I also so QuickBooks is good for me because I'm able to like get Things organized for taxes, sure. Yeah, and I'm able to see how much I brought in uh, that month or that year. Yeah, but why not lets me know how much money I have left in my business expenses, how much money I have left on payroll. So, which I uh, which allows me to see how many months we have before,
1: yeah, before the money runs out, yeah, before when run, money need to runs get into out, the project or, yeah, or,
0: yeah. Now, I'm like, if I'm like, okay, we have six months, I'm like, okay, well, I know work is going to come in six months, yeah. Um, but when it's like, yo, we have two months left. Shh, now we gotta like
1: everybody, rain it back, rain it right. back.
0: <laughs> but what I'm, but what I'm doing right now is when I have good months, I take some of that money and I go invest it and have it in a place where I can take it out anytime. Yeah, that that book plus YNAB really changed my life. Okay. Yeah, especially personal life and business life. When I first started using YNAB in college, I ended up or, or When I started teaching, sorry, um, after college, I ended up being a month ahead of my bill. And that was in 2015. And since then I've always been a month ahead of my bill. Even when we got married, I was a month ahead. And because of what I learned, I was able to like save up to be able to pay for our wedding, you know, and, but Profit First, like, allows you to really see how well your business is doing. So it's like, hey, take this amount of percentage from every gig that you get for yourself. Put this amount into taxes based on your yeah. state, where you stay. Yeah. And take this remaining and put it towards business expenses. And then take this one and put it towards, there's a there's a category he says you may call profit. Yeah. You can put whatever percentage you want in there. We have like 3%. So 3% of anything that comes in goes into that little bucket. And every three months, the guy says, take that money out and do something fun. Almost like you are paying yourself for yeah. your hard work. And so it's been like, cool, my wife and I are going to Paris and that's how we pay for it you know but that was from like 2020 of just putting money in there and so it didn't hurt yeah it's like free it felt like free money it was like because we already have our payroll and our business expense and taxes and we just have that three percent and i'm like oh we have we have money here let's do something fun but check it out y'all for real <laughs> I love, your life.
1: <laughs> i love that this uh I love that I figured our podcast would be about developing your unique style and look,
0: and we're and just we're just like money. get your business right though. For real, like <laughs> what's the point of having a style if you don't even know how to like handle your business? You know, because you can be great and you can be poor by mishandling your business. But if you have great style, have great understanding of how business works, yeah, you'll be you'll be way ahead.
1: So, are there experiences that you feel like you've had? unique experiences to you that you feel like you've had that have influenced the art you create?
0: Oh, yeah. I always talk about this one. In Nigeria, they sold a lot of bleaching cream and people felt that if you were lighter skinned, you'd be more successful. And I fell for that until I came to America. But mm-hmm. I remember when I came to America, I was like... I remember vividly in the bathroom taking a sponge and scrubbing my body because I felt I was too dark. Wow. I didn't like the skin I was in. So now... All I do is black, people, and that's kind of why I do that. It's a reminder for myself and other people that black is beautiful, and that wasn't a mistake. But it wasn't until college that I realized, like, yo, my skin is beautiful. F all of y'all.
1: Oh yeah, it took you know? me a long time. Too. Yeah, it
0: took me. It it took me a while. I think it was I was it was it was my junior year, cause coming to America, I had to like go through the whole African booty scratcher in middle school, and then part parts of high school. But then it got to a point I was like. Um I'm just not going to do this anymore and I'm going to really appreciate my culture and be unapologetic about it and my skin. And so now when I all the work that I make like even when I even when I die I just want people to see my work and see this underlying theme that black is beautiful. Black is a beautiful canvas without a mistake, you know, and that is what makes me make the work that I make now.
1: I feel like that is a beautiful place to end the episode.
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: I think so. Timmy, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Um,
0: really this nice. was exciting. I'm I'm glad I'm the first to 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 be on the podcast. Thank
1: inaugural you, episode. You, inaugural episode. Timmy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. In the comments below if y'all are watching us here on YouTube, um, let me know what was your favorite part of the discussion that we've had? What was your major takeaway for this episode? Because that'll help me also figure out how to make sure that I'm asking future artists that we have on the podcast. Right. You know, the right questions that people want to know. For sure. So for sure. Do, you, do you feel like I should have asked him something and I didn't? Let me know in the comments below. And or... What was your favorite takeaway from the podcast episode? Thank you again so much, Timmy.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome.
1: Bye, everybody. Peace. <laughs> I hope this extended conversation with Temmy around finances and freelance helped y'all out. The struggle is real out here, Maine. It'd be hard navigating it. So hopefully there was some tangible takeaways in here for you again I'm Halise and this is the trying to be somebody video podcast thank you so much for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one I'm trying somebody
0: somebody somebody to be somebody make a make a way, make a
1: way, make a way Trying to Be Somebody is a Stumblewell production produced and hosted by Hollis Our podcast and thumbnail cover art was designed by Timmy Coker. Our YouTube opening animation was designed by Evan Abrams. Our theme music was written and performed by Belief in Music and produced by Jay Ruckers. This podcast episode was edited by Christopher Narváez and Hollis Narváez.